and joining me right here on the Mark Moses Show to go over the latest on the new season of Orlando City Soccer. Scott is a great job with Orlando City Soccer Club, team reporter, my good friend, yes, Austin David. Austin, how are you doing today? Oh, I am busy. It is a busy time here for Orlando City. We got, ooh, I think it's four four games in uh, like a 14-day span. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I saw you Saturday night for the MLS home opener. They had uh, announced attendance during the match. I think, what they say, 24,000. That was a big crowd, Austin. What did you think of that? Just from the fans, let's start there. I thought it was a, a great attendance, you know. Um Home openers always usually draw tons of people out just to kind of get a first look at the team, new faces, um, you know, new season, new stadium name as well. So um, everyone wants to come out and kind of see what, what's going to be going on. Um, and typically, Orlando City does well in these home openers. For the 10th straight year, in fact, they uh, they did not lose. So... Um, ever since they started in MLS, they have never lost a home opener, which is always good. I can't believe 10-year anniversary in the MLS. I remember that first game. Ooh, they were at Camping World Stadium, and I think Kaká tied it late for the tie. I can't believe that was like 10 years ago, Austin. How about you? Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. March 8th, 2015 was when that first game happened at Camping World Stadium. And then March 9th of 2024, mm. we're going to be doing a little 10-year anniversary celebration here at Entering Coast Stadium. So that's very exciting as well. The the jersey kit has the Three Lion logo. Is that a throwback? Is, I don't think I was here. Is that a throwback to when they were not in the MLS? Correct. Back to the, the early days of Orlando City as a USL pro team from 2011 to 2014. Mm. They had the old Three Lions logo because uh, the original owners of the club uh, were British. So uh, yeah. if you know kind of history of soccer in England, the Three Lions is the English national team. And so uh, they kind of brought that idea over to Orlando City, which already had, funny enough, a history of Lions here in Orlando because the Orlando Lions were a minor league team back in the 1990s. So uh, they decided with the three Lions to go a little bit different, go with uh, more English branding, and then uh, it stuck his, all the way through. You know, we're still the Lions here at Orlando City. And, um, yeah, bringing it back for the 10th year anniversary to the USL Roots, um, kind of redesigning the old logo to give it a more modern look. And uh, it is uh, in my humble opinion, our best kit so far. <laughs> I did not know this. I am learning today. I had no idea that that's why they're the Lions, and that's why the team is that. I had no idea, Austin, so thank you for that. Of course. I'm, I'm here to educate. That's, that's what <laughs> I, I love to not, do. <laughs> dude, I literally did not know that. I saw you right before the start on Saturday night, and I asked you about expectations, and you gave me this look like, yeah, they are high. So my question for you, for our listeners, how high are the expectations for this team here in 2024? Well, considering they finished second in the league last year, made it to CONCACAF Champions Cup for a second straight time, uh, are looking to advance to the next round if they get a result here on Tuesday against Cavalry FC from Canada. Mm. Um, you know, they're, they're in a multiple tournaments. Um, 
they're competing at a high level. They've been picked by a, a lot of different uh, pundits to finish first or make a run in the playoffs. So, you know, considering that they finished second last year, the expectation is, is sky high right now in terms of what this team can do because it's the majority of this team is returning from last year. And, in fact, they've built upon that core that finished second and have now added new star signings. And so with that expectation, it's just as high as can be. We're with Austin David with Orlando City Soccer Club. All right, so I'm there. It's the opener. I've gone to a lot of different openers. It, it finished with a 0-0 tie. This is my thoughts, and I want your thoughts. I have low expectations for openers because it's so early in the season. I know they played over the weekend. They scored a couple times. But, like, I'm very patient. you got to give it a couple weeks, even a couple months, for everything to start clicking. Because I feel like if they play that match in June, they win it 2 nothing. How did you look at that match on Saturday night when it was 0-0? Yeah, and it's, it's kind of one of those things that when they played their first game of CONCACAF Champions Cup, it was on last Wednesday up in Victoria, British Columbia which is, give or take, 2,700 miles away. Um, They flew back on Thursday afternoon, probably around 6 o'clock. Then they woke up the next day and went to training at 8 o'clock in the morning. So going from that to then playing the next day after that, uh, it's very taxing on your body, especially if you're not used to it. And like you said, it's early days. So going from like playing a couple preseason games to then going – travel, train, play again, uh, it's really taxing. And you could tell within the first kind of 10 minutes, um, the team couldn't really find their footing as much. And, and you got to credit Montreal as well because they, they kind of knew that as well. They knew that they were coming off of a long travel day and, you know, they had just played as well. So first 10 minutes of the game, they just pressed high and tried to force Orlando into turnovers, which they did. And they almost capitalized on those turnovers. And so... Um, you know, you credit Montreal for, for that tactic, but after those 10 minutes, Orlando settled in. Yes. They got better. And you could tell that Orlando was the better team. Um, because in those first 10 minutes, Montreal had four out of their five shots total throughout the game in those first 10 minutes. The last one came in the 92nd minute. So kind of looking at it in that field, you can kind of tell like, yeah, they're going to get there. But it's going to take a little bit of time. I think Oscar Pereja in his post-game press conference said it best, which is just, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I agreed with Coach 100%. 100% when he said that. And he's like, look, hey, we got the point. Just take it. Like, And I agreed with him. I, that's that's a great point that, that you bring up with Coach there. Um, the game got interesting in the 70th minute or so when all of a sudden – Orlando City starts waking up and they had chances. But what happened? Where they they scored, but it was taken off the board. What happened there in the last twenty, buddy? Yeah, so there was a couple calls that unfortunately did not go their way. Um, there was a goal that was scored in the eighty first or eighty second minute. However, it was pulled back due to uh, Felipe, who ended up being the one who knocked it in, being in an offside position at the time. So that was you know the correct call. They looked at it in VAR and looked at it and. You know, he was just a step offside. Uh, and then in the stoppage time, there was a penalty called. Looked like Orlando was going to get a chance at a late winner. Yeah. But 
again, the flag went up for offside because Jack Lynn, who was the striker at the time in the buildup, who touched the ball to settle it down for Facundo Torres, who got fouled, he was in an offside position. So two potential game winners knocked off the board uh, because they are a step too far. All right, so if you're offsides, and I get completely confused by this, and I think everyone does at points when you're watching this beautiful game, they score the goal on the tip-in. Was the offsides, was that penalty happening before the first shot, before the rebound? That's what I get confused on. So the way that you're ruled in an offside position is when the ball leaves the foot of the player, if you, as a as a player, are in front of the last defender, you are offside. And it has to be a body part that can actually touch the ball. So, like, if you have your hand up, it's not going to be offside if you have your hand kind of forwards because that's not a, a body part that can touch the ball. If your shoulder is in front of the defender, that is considered offside because you can use your shoulder to touch the ball. And so that's how they kind of rule the offside uh, ruling. I- I need you to know this, Austin David. You're there in the press box, and I've sat in the press box with you. You got to sit in the stands once in a while when when these things happen, because <laughs> that I was sitting my seats. They're kind of parallel with the goal, right? So I'm like right there looking at it, and the reaction of the Orlando City fans. Everyone is so happy, and excited. They finally scored, and they had they had multiple chances where they were close to scoring. When that ball went in off the rebound. Everyone was so excited. And then it's like your heart gets ripped out because while you're celebrating, people start going, wait a minute. I think they're taking it off the, the scoreboard. You got to sit where I'm sitting, buddy. And you got to feel those, <laughs> those fans. You got to. I've, I've been there before. It's, it's, it's quite a trip. You know, it's working in sports for the last, you know, 15 years now or, or so. Mm. Um, there there's it's kind of sad because like there's been a level of like disconnect especially when you're in the press box you can't celebrate you have to be very professional no. about it and so you've kind of you, you teach yourself to be very reserved in terms of your reactions so like if you you know when i go out and go sit in the stands as a fan for any other sporting event my everything's just kind of like oh that's good because i'm so trained mentally to just yeah. be like hey you're in a professional setting well let's clarify this with Austin David are there replacement refs right now in MLS soccer? Yes. So currently the professional referees organization and MLS are currently in a dispute in terms of their collective bargaining agreement. And so the uh, current referees that are standing in are considered the replacement refs for uh, all of MLS right now while they're continuing to uh, deliberate the uh, contractual obligations between the two sides. That's the first time I've ever been at that stadium, and I really don't know what's going to be called. And I think there was a feeling with 24,000 people in the stadium where I think they agreed with me. You just had no idea. Even, dude, for for our listeners who didn't see the end, in the extra time where it said there were six minutes to go, they wouldn't call the game. It just I didn't know, were we going to go for another 20 minutes? I Look, dude. They got to get the real refs back in there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, I, I, I'll be completely honest. I didn't think that the referee for this game did a bad job. I think there was a lot of nervy moments because, you know, there's there's pressure on you. Obviously, yeah. you know, being a, a replacement ref and, you know, there's you're going to be under a little bit more scrutiny. However, 
the calls were correct. Um, the, the two extra minutes that were added on to the six were because of the uh, review for the offside oh. that happened in the buildup for that penalty. So what happens is, you know, if it's in stoppage time, the six minutes they add on isn't a hard stop six minutes. You can add some time on depending on what happens in stoppage time. And so the referee did that. And, you know, he, to his discretion, he, he's the controller of the game, and he felt that, you know, two minutes because of the review were necessary to add on. So I didn't really think that that was contentious in any way. You know, it's frustrating, obviously, from a fan perspective, because now uh, one of the new rules for MLS is that they actually show the stoppage time counting up. Before, it would just stop at 90. However, uh, in an effort to be a little bit more transparent, they've decided to show stoppage time in the actual stadium. So now fans will know, you know, if it's hitting six minutes, okay, we're here now. So, again, that's an effort for transparency's sake. But, again, it's up to the discretion of the referee at the end of the day. He's the controller of the game, and so it's more just a minimum of six minutes rather than a maximum. Oh, yeah? With you having all these explanations for me? And you, by the way, you're doing great. Okay? You're like a professor. (laughs) You got great insight. I like also the Montreal goalie just starts falling on the ball and won't get up. I love this tactic. I thought he was going to start blowing kisses to the crowd as they were booing him nonstop. <laughs> it's so great. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time-wasting. It's uh, gamesmanship. It's, it's part of soccer, I guess. You know what's great also? So I this was theatrics. So the, the match, we're out there, and this guy's going to do the Canadian National Anthem. And because mm. we're playing Montreal. So what's interesting is, he and it's okay. Look, there's no way I could do the anthem. I cannot remember any of the words. I will admit this. There's no you gotta give me the cheat sheet. So there's a moment there, he pauses, and you could tell maybe he forgot some of the Canadian words. You could some mm-hmm. happen like that. So he pauses and there's like this like kind of silence. You're like, what's going on? He breathes, I give him all the credit. He breathes, he he just thinks about it and then he keeps singing and you're like yeah that was really good then he started singing the american national anthem wow there's no way i could do that how about you austin again credit to him for his ability to kind of recenter himself because when you hit that wall yes. it can be extremely daunting like if you're up in front of twenty four thousand people and then you just blank like yeah. A lot of people would not be able to continue with that. And he, you know, he's he's a professional. He was able to center himself and take that deep breath and, and continue on. So a lot of credit. Yeah, to that was awesome. It really was. I'm just trying to paint the picture of everything, all right, of what's going on. I like this. Um, I'm very excited about this team. I I don't know, and you you're around the team all the time. Who's mm-hmm. Who's the guy? Who's the, you know, like we've had Dom Dwyer of Kaka, right? You've, you've had mm-hmm. the guy. Who's the guy for this team moving forward? Well, I mean, it's Facundo Torres, I think. At, at this point in time, he's proven it since, over the last two years, since 2022, that he is, as of right now, the guy, unless, you know, unseated otherwise. Um, they've obviously brought in a guy by the name of Luis Muriel, who came from Atalanta in Serie A in Italy. Um, Colombian international has scored a bunch of goals over there, uh, in the Italian league and he's very good yet. He has not played yet. So as of right now, it's Facundo Torres because he is a double digit goal scorer last year. 
He led them to a U.S. Open Cup the year before that, where he had, I think, nine goals and seven assists or something close to that. Um, he's been a very impressive player. He's obviously been getting a lot of looks from, from the European clubs, and he's got a lot of t- attention from not only domestically but internationally. So um, I'd say he's the guy. What about the octopus in goal? Can he be the guy? Pedro Galese is, is one of those those quiet guys. You know, he's he's under the radar because he's not the one scoring goals. He's the one saving goals. Um, but I would say he's probably at this point number two, number three. Um, you know, he saved Orlando's butt the first ten minutes of yes. the game. Uh, I think he had four saves total um, in that first ten minutes, two back to back. In fact, so he's he's been a really important part of this team since 2020. Every single time that they have played with him in goal on the game or on the opening day, he has had a shutout. He's not let in a goal on any of his opening day games. So that's really, really impressive. All right. You were saying this earlier. We're here at the Austin David, Orlando City Soccer Club. Who do they have tomorrow night, Tuesday night there at the stadium? Yeah, so they're playing Cavalry FC, which is from the Canadian Premier League. Um so this is their first foray into the Champions Cup. Uh, they played on Wednesday out in Victoria, British Columbia, because they are actually from um, uh, Calgary. However, their field was frozen over. So they had to move the game to Victoria, which is just south of Vancouver. And that's about a three-and-a-half-hour flight or drive um, from Calgary. So it was kind of an away game for both teams. And uh, Orlando took care of business. They won 3 nothing, And Facundo Torres scored twice. Duncan McGuire scored the opener. And now they are going to be playing the second leg here. Now what has to happen for Orlando to advance is basically um, don't lose by three or more goals. If they lose 2 nothing, they still advance. If they lose uh, 3-1, I think they still advance. But because they have that 3-0 advantage, they're in a very good spot in terms of advancing to the next round, who, if they do advance, they would play the team they played last year in the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which was Tigres, one of the best teams in Mexico. So you have that, and then when's the next MLS match? The next MLS match is on Saturday, so you get another quick turnaround, and they make a nice little jaunt down to Fort Lauderdale to play Inter-Miami. Oh, Oh, man, is Messi going to play in this one? Uh, that's uh, that's always a good question. They just played last night out in L.A. against the Galaxy where he uh, scored a 90th-minute stoppage time oh. game-tying goal. Um, but, you know, he's, he's getting up there in age, obviously. Um, they also have Champions Cup games coming up the week after. So they're going to have to start thinking about that as well. Um. They may try and rest him for that game instead. Um, you can't not only him, but Luis Suarez, Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets, all the big Barcelona names. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Look, I I know you work for the MLS. You work for a team, all right. So I I know th- there's that thing. You got to be a company man, but you you have to play this guy, even if it's for two minutes. I mean, I because you saw where did they go? Were they in China? And then he didn't mm-hmm. play. And then he played mm-hmm. in Japan. I and you mm-hmm. and I know you saw the photos yesterday in L.A. So many messy. Like you can't. I mean, 
he came here to really help grow MLS and make a lot of money for himself. I don't blame him. But, like, I, I'm sorry, you can't sit him. I get it. He's a human being. But, like, he has to play. And that game with Orlando City and Orlando, I, he better play this time. I, that's my opinion, Austin. Am I, am I okay if I say that? I mean, yeah, you, you, you can absolutely say that. Well, he or won't he is, is the biggest question, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the risk you take. Like if you're, you're buying tickets or if you're, you know, wanting to see Messi, there's no guarantee he is at the end of the day, a human who is getting up there in age mm-hmm. and he's not in the prime of his career as he once was. And his body is, is not as sharp as it was when he was, you know, in his twenties and playing every single game uh, as much as he wants to play every game. It may not be that he's able to. So um, Miami's going to try and protect their star player as much as possible so that he doesn't get hurt and that he can be available for them uh, later in the season. So ultimately it's going to be up to them whether he plays or not. But, um, I, I know. yeah, it's just kind of a, it's a risk-reward kind of thing. So um, kind of just have to take that. You saw him play... Did, when they went to Fort Lauderdale, you saw him against Orlando City, correct? Yes, last year. See, that was right in the very beginning of the Messi mania, which was nuts. And he scored, I think, in that game as well. That was, yeah. It, it, yeah. Dude, so you actually think about this. All those people that live in China and all these other countries who spend all this money didn't get to see him play. You saw him play. I hope you know that. <laughs> Moving forward. You did it. Yeah, I mean, kind of. <laughs> I feel like it, 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 it was a little bit overkill with all the, you know, preseason travel for them. Mm-hmm. I think even Messi himself said, like, I'm kind of over it. I want to go home. No. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, it's it's a very unique opportunity to be able to go over there. And, and at the end of the day, um, Inter Miami is representing MLS on a global stage when they yes. go over and play these games. So, yeah, um, yeah, and hey, they're coming to Orlando, by the way. For all everyone listening, yeah, that match is happening with Messi or not. That's in, I think it's in May, correct? I think so. Yes. Yeah, it's coming up. All right, hey, and don't forget when Orlando City, the team we cover and root for, hey, when they were in the MLS playoffs, Inter Miami came up with a BS like b- b- scrimmage game against New York so they can celebrate Messi. And I didn't forget mm-hmm. that because my sister and mom mm-hmm. went to it. <laughs> they went. <laughs> they loved it. But um, I'm very ex- – look, dude, I'm very excited for this season. I know it's going to be a long season. And would you say uh, Coach said it's a marathon, not a sprint? Um, mm-hmm. Is there a – we'll just end with this. Is there – because we have the Olympics – is there a stoppage in the schedule then for Orlando City this summer? Um, there is a little bit of a break, not mm. too much. Um, but they also have the League's Cup coming back as okay. well. So that'll be at the end of July, early August. Um, so not too much of a break because majority of the players that would be leaving are the, the younger players. So not like the full national teams because yeah. of the Olympics rather than the you know World Cup. So I think that they're taking a small break, but not too much of one. Yeah, it's a long season, is. And by the way, that was the coldest I've ever been at that stadium. And I just think about, (laughs) 
I think about once we get to like May and June, it'll be a hundred degrees there. So maybe enjoy it while you can. Yeah, I will. His name is Austin David with Orlando City Soccer Club. Yeah, team's gonna play Tuesday night at home if you want to go. And yeah, they started zero zero to start the season, got the point over the weekend. Austin, thank you so much for your help and have a great day. Thanks, Mark.